Amen. He is Lord. He is life. He is love. Born on Christmas Day. We praise God that He sent His only begotten Son. It is only by Him that we can be saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for His goodness to us. He has been very good to us. We're glad you're here this Christmas. I do want to thank God for um, the folks in our church. You know, the Living Nativity is a big thing. We put There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I appreciate every person that, that put work into it, prayed for it, prayed for the people. Right outside, you're going to find a board. People wrote down prayer requests. Uh, there's a couple of dozen prayer requests. Take a picture of it with your phone. Bring it home with you. And uh, pray for those people. Pray for those people. And uh, if you have a prayer request that you wanted to add to that, uh, someone you want to see saved, um, write that down. And uh, we're going we're gonna to keep that list and be praying for these dear people. Amen. And uh, I praise God for um, Danielle. And she put a lot of work into it knowing she was going in to have that baby. And uh, I praise the Lord that she was willing to put all that work into it. And Jackie uh, taking up the reins and... And uh, you guys, you ladies did a wonderful job. Uh, George spent hours fixing, not fixing lights, but replacing the lights that stopped working 15 minutes after he hung them up. And uh, But he, he was instrumental in getting all the, the lights up and the fences up. And he had helpers, but he, was the, he did the lion's share. And I uh, praise God for all these things. And uh, God's done a, a great thing, hasn't he? He's done a great thing. We prayed for those folks last night. Some of them looking for a church. Some of them just got saved. Some have been going to church and uh, yesterday got saved or, or made profession of faith anyway. There's a lot of churches, even churches that are called Baptist churches, that don't preach the gospel. At Christmas time, they'll use sentimentality to bring in a crowd, but won't give the gospel. To me, this makes no sense. Jesus came. Not so that we might be sentimental, but so that we might know the gospel and that we might go to heaven. It's a sad thing that a lot of people are going to be sentimental at Christmas and yet not be saved. When they'll go to a place where there's no sentimentality at all, where there's no good feeling about past things. Um, They will be filled with dread and sorrow and sadness and pain for the rest of eternity. And uh, brethren, it is crucial that we as the people of God understand that it is the, the gospel. That is the reason why Jesus came. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He is the Savior of all people. He died to save us from our sin. Amen. And we've been working through uh, the, the accounting of What we call the Christmas story Um, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at what Joseph said. We know this, he called his name Jesus. And I believe that Joseph, through through this Christmas story, came to trust Jesus as his Savior. I I think that's true. I think the scripture bears that out. Last week, we looked at Elizabeth and Zacharias and their song, uh, the parents of John the Baptist. And today... We want to speak of what Mary said of the incarnate Christ. What Mary said of the incarnate Christ. And Mary is probably the second 
most prominent person um, when it comes to this particular period. And sadly, people have taken what is spoken of Mary and, and who Mary is to a sad extreme. Um, an extreme to where people venerate and even worship her, which would cause her, and no doubt if she has any inkling of what people think of her here on earth, would be very saddened um, about what uh, what people have come to make of Mary because she never came that she might be venerated, worshipped, or adored. Um, her desire has always been that the God of all creation, who happened to be in her womb, and she was chosen because she was a particular woman, not at random, but because of, uh, because of who she was. No doubt about that. Um, but Jesus is her Savior. And so much of her life, uh, brethren, we can see and live to be like Mary. Um, and I hope today uh, that this is an encouragement to you and that God would help you um, and help each person here and help the ladies of our church especially or, or with a zeal that you might know that your life and the blessing of your life in knowing Christ um, is so important because it is the blessing of you knowing Christ that will give you an influence in the lives of younger people. I believe every lady in this church who knows Christ and has given their lives to knowing Christ and growing in Christ, to knowing the Scriptures and to, to, to following Christ like Mary did, the value of your life is the value that Mary took upon her own life. You see, Mary's life was influential to women. She, the Scripture says, Blessed are thee among women. And this scripture is often taken to mean that above every woman that's ever lived or ever will live, she was blessed more than them all. But I don't think that's what the scripture means. In fact, the, the wording seems to indicate that her blessing or the blessing of her life and the accounting of her life was such that her life would be an influence in others' lives while she lived. We don't hear much of Mary after the first two chapters of Luke. But what we do hear is crucial. And I believe that God's desire for His Word to be understood is to be understood from generation to generation and His glory to be, to be, to, for Him to be glorified from generation to generation Forever, And Mary took that very seriously. From generation to generation, and she took that very seriously. My prayer is that in this next year, that the ladies of our church, the men of our church, who have given themselves for years to knowing the Scriptures would pour these things into others and that younger ladies would desire to be poured into. And by the way, you might be older but young in your faith. But I know this. That people who are young need people who are older to help them. 
in their walk with Christ. We often call it discipleship, a word that's not used in the scripture, but being a disciple is, we need help. Now, this doesn't, this, I'm not saying that pastor's shirking his responsibility, but here's the truth. There are going to be young ladies in our church who are just married. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to be a Christian woman in, our, in their home because that's all new. And their husband's a strange entity to them. They don't get him and uh, they want to pull their hair out or bang up against the walls because he is such, not only strange, he's, an, he's a dope. Right? For the past 15 years, well, longer than that, much longer than that, the answer to that was get counseling. And pastoral counseling even, but especially going to some psychologist. Brethren, new husbands being dopes is nothing new. It's the way it's always been. (laughs) Because husbands are growing in the Lord as well, right? Right? But you know it would be of far greater value than the Ph.D. who has you sit on the couch? An older woman who's gone through it. It says, this will get, you'll get through this. And your husband won't do these things forever. And that's true. You know, I'm not the husband that I was when I was 25 years old. You glad about that? No. <laughs> And I'm glad that my wife didn't say we need to go to counseling when we were young. But she did have help. She did have help. And I know that Mary gave that kind of help to other ladies, many of whom, whose name was also Mary. And we'll see that today. May God help us. And we'll spend a few minutes looking at the song of Mary. But I want you to take your Bibles and look there. In Luke chapter 1, we're going to start there in verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, And shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel. How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. The angel angel answered and said unto her. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. 
For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And then verse 46. And Mary said, My soul did magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich hath he sent empty away. He hath helped in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned unto her own house. Let's pray. Father, would you please fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit and stir us as your people. To live lives for Christ. That we might be handmaidens. Servants of our great God. And do the work of a servant. Not just in the youth of our life. But even more so as we grow older. And so Lord please guide us and guide me in the preaching of your word. We pray in the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So turn back to first uh, to Luke chapter 1 and I want you to notice a phrase a couple of phrases. Number 1 in verse 28 if you're in the habit of underlining underline blessed art thou among women. Blessed art thou among women. And then in verse 38 I want you to notice the phrase Mary said behold the handmaid of the Lord. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. What did Mary say about the incarnate Christ? Mary said that I will follow and do as my Lord commands for the rest of my life. We hear of Mary at her uh, at the birth of Christ. We hear a little bit about her when Jesus is 12 and they go to Jerusalem. And we do hear about her later on in the Gospels when Jesus has grown older and and, um, we see her there as he's during his ministry and up to and through his death, resurrection and ascension into heaven. And all of this time, Mary is the handmaid of the Lord. She was not just the handmaid of the Lord as she held Jesus in her arms on that in that in the, the, the room where they were in the, with the manger and the animals, she was the handmaid of the Lord with her life for the rest of her life. Mary was between 15 and 20 years old when Jesus was born. But 30 years later, 45, 40, 45, 50 years old, here was a woman who continued to be a handmaid. Of the Lord, and being a handmaid of the Lord, as this as the age of her life continued, her influence in others' lives 
was important and immense. In fact, I believe that her life was instrumental in the dear ladies that we see throughout the Gospels. Helping them follow after the Lord. Even though some of them came from tremendously hard lives. From um, a place where even their lives were at uh, were in danger. And because of the sins that they committed, they were going to be, they were going to be, she was going to be stoned to death. I believe Mary was there to help. Brethren, her life is just like yours. In the sense that as you know Christ and love Christ and follow Christ, your life can be there to help. You can be a handmaiden. Gentlemen, you can be a servant of the Lord, ready to help those who in the early stages of their life are trying to follow after the Lord. Mary is a mother who led her children and brought them to Jesus. And Mary, even after her children had grown up, said, my life will be used by the Lord. I will do as the Lord commands. And I I hope we see this today. And so if you look at that first phrase, the scripture says, blessed art thou among women. Now, normally this is taken as Mary is blessed above every other woman that's ever existed because she has the privilege of carrying the child who is God, right? And that's normally how that is taken But the word among is not a word that can be used in its understanding as all time. Um, We normally take it to mean among women, women, all the women that have ever lived from Eve to today. She's blessed above them all. But that word among is a word that is always determinate by a period of time. By a period of time. Where... It's a fixed amount of time. Now the question then is, what is that time? Um, it doesn't make sense that it's all time. And I want, to, I want you to see, contextually, it's not just through the birth of Christ. But the fixed time is from that point for the rest of her life. Alright? I want you to think that way as we look through this today. The blessed among women is that her blessing among women is blessed in a fixed point of time to a fixed people. Women among her at the time of her life. And this is important. And I believe that's what it means. The word among, um, in, if you look at it in its Greek, you can use the word among, but it can't be to mean all women for all time. But actually, women in a fixed period of time, those women that were about her. Now, already she'd been a blessing to one woman, at least. And who would that be? Elizabeth, right? She'd already been a blessing to a woman named Elizabeth. And of course, Elizabeth was older than her, much older. And by the way, younger ladies, your lives can be a blessing to older ladies as you respect them and show them kindness. And listen, let them teach you. 
One of the sad things of our age is that everybody knows everything. And if I don't know it, I can Google it. But there are vast amounts of resources. There's lots of young moms. There's a vast amount of resource that you can never get at Google. It's called the ladies of our church. And there are many who have followed the Lord with their lives. They have been going to church and and serving the Lord, uh, living their lives for the Lord, desirous of others to know Christ, desirous of the gospel to go out, desirous of of ladies to know and grow in the Lord and to, to, to be fruitful in this church who are ready to receive a phone call or drink coffee or, or, uh, or have, some have even said, I'd love to sit down with you. And the sad thing is, so many times, this is what they hear. They, they either hear yes, and it never happens, or they hear, no, nah, that's okay. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. In fact, it's an unscriptural thing. For the scripture itself says the older ladies are to teach the younger ladies. And that's true. That's true. If there is a godly woman who comes and says, Hey, I'd love to get coffee with you sometime. And you know that is so that they might be able to pour into you some scriptural thing. Don't say no. Older ladies, don't be afraid. Say, hey, would, would you like to get coffee sometime? By the way, when I say ladies, ladies with ladies, but guys, how about us too? Right? How about us too? This is what God has done throughout all generations, and He's called us to do it today. And we can be a help. What is the goal? The goal is following Christ. Right? The goal is following Christ. And we have seen young families... Now, not the, not, it's not just the fault of us who know Christ. It's, it's their fault too for saying, no, I don't want any, I don't need it, I can Google it. <laughs> right? That's ridiculous. If you want to figure out how to change a flat tire, you want to figure out how to, to, uh, to fix the faucet in your home, go ahead and Google it. Alright? You want to figure out how to fix your marriage, How about somebody who's been married for a long time? That seems a little better, doesn't it? That's that's what we see here with Mary. A woman who is available to help. Who is right there with lots of young women. Who came to know Christ and loved Jesus. But were living in a tumultuous time. And their lives themselves were tumultuous. And she was right there to be the steadying factor in their life. Along with Christ. Mary Magdalene did not spend most of her time with Jesus. There's just no way that's possible. There's no way that's possible that she spent most of her time with Jesus. But there was a woman who was there to spend time with her, to point her, and to get her to help and help her to follow Jesus. I don't believe Jesus walked from place to place and Mary Magdalene was in the sleeping bag next to him. You guys with me on that? But there was somebody there. Who is ready to help her. Who is ready to help her and and be close to her. And help her in the midst of trials. One of the things that I've learned as a man and as a minister. To be very careful about counseling single ladies. 
Because often that counsel leads to an affection that there ought never to be. Jesus never did that with Mary Magdalene. I don't believe that. I believe Mary Magdalene loved Jesus, but never thought in herself, you know, I'd really like to sleep with that guy. I don't think that ever happened because of the way Jesus treated her. But there was somebody there who was ready to give the counsel and to be a help. Who was that lady? How about the 45, 50 year old Mary, the mother of Christ? Who's just like us. Sinner just like us. Went through difficulty in her marriage. Did she go through difficulty in her marriage? Did she have difficult children? I know this. All her children said no to Jesus. At least at some point. They all came to know the Lord, I believe, at some point. But they all said no to Jesus. Do you think that broke her heart? I have no doubt about that. Now, after Jesus rose from the dead, they all trusted Christ. Even the obstinate Joseph. And may God help us. Blessed among women. Ladies, you can be blessed among women, can't you? Are you with me? Are you with me? Am I making sense? You can be blessed among women like Mary was. You won't have your name named for all generations. Mary never intended to be worshipped. And you'll never be worshipped. You may be thanked. People, even after you've died, may think back and say, I'm so grateful for that person who helped me follow Christ. At a time when I might not have, they were right there to help me. She said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Her blessing was the work of God in her life that led others to say, you know what? I want to go the way she's going with Christ. I want to be part of what she's part of with Christ. As she followed Christ, and she literally did, right? We don't get to literally follow Christ, not the way she did. We can literally follow in the sense that we can follow Christ today. But He's not here with us. She was right there with Him, right? No doubt about it. And ladies were right there with her. And we see that so many times in the Scripture. They were right there with her, whether it be... Um, at the cross, whether it be at the resurrection, uh, whether it be with Mary Magdalene. Um, there's so many of these instances, but I want us to look at one. It's the last time we hear of Mary, and it's Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, in verse 14. Now, what had happened up to this point? Jesus began His ministry at about age 30. He spent three years ministering, performing miracles. She was there much of the time. She was there much of the time. She saw Him make the wine at Cana and she saw Him heal blind people. She saw even the resurrection of the dead. She was there. We see Mary with Mary Magdalene. We see her with with, uh, Salome, uh, with Joanna. Um, we We even see Mary with her own sister, of being there. Mary was right there. 
And I promise you this. Mary Magdalene was not the more spiritual of the two. Mary Magdalene, who was the prostitute, saved gloriously by the Lord. Very likely she's the same one in whom they took up stones to stone her. But Mary Magdalene was not the more spiritual. She was not the one who knew more of the Lord. She did not know more of who to teach or how to teach. Mary, she would have heard many of these things from Jesus. But where would she have had to go and to talk to and, and to pour into and to say, I need some help. I believe it was Mary, the mother of Christ, the handmaid of the Lord. And just as Mary was blessed among women, so you can be blessed among women. Guys, you can be blessed among men. And you can be a handmaid, a servant of the Lord by, by being available to others and helping them in their walk with the Lord. Look there in verse 14. Jesus again, he had, he had lived, he died, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. Now there's 120 disciples in Jerusalem. And in verse 14, this is what the Bible says. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So there's 120 men and women. By the way, they didn't all live in the upper room. That's a sad thing that people believe. They lived in Jerusalem and they would come to the upper room to worship, just like we're worshiping today. And when they came, there was Mary with the women. They might even sit together. They probably prayed together. Uh, she probably taught them many good things. She knew the scriptures. She knew the Old Testament. She knew what it was to pray. And she probably did these things often with those young ladies. And they were much younger than her. You see that? Mary was a handmaid of the Lord. And I believe that's what it means to be a handmaid of the Lord. To serve so that generation after generation, Christ can be known and loved. And this is what God has given us for these things to happen. How many of you have somebody that you're thankful for? That they were there to help you in your life. Maybe when you were younger. They were there to help you. If you don't have somebody who is there to help you to follow Christ and not give up, you need somebody. It will not be the internet. Gentlemen, you need somebody. And I'm here, but there are men in this room that are ready to help you. To follow after the Lord. And to not give up. Ladies. There are ladies in this room that are ready. To help you. To love you. To lead you to following the Lord with all your life. And for the rest of your life without giving up. Go to them. Mary. Was a truly remarkable lady. And let's take a few minutes. There's so much. I told you last week, and I believe this is true, so much of the doctrines of Christianity are found at the Christmas story. 
And so if you look there in verse 46, we'll go quickly through this. But I believe one of the things that we need to remember at Christmas time is that Jesus, the God of all creation, came to save us. And He, in our salvation, He didn't cause us to pop into heaven immediately. He left us here for a reason. To be a help. To be a help. To lead others to Christ, like Mary did, leading her family. And to help Christians live their life for Christ. We find that 18 is a crucial age. And in our age, most 18-year-olds stop following Christ at least for a period. They need help, mom and dad, but also from an older saint. Maybe someone who's 24 or 30. Maybe someone who's 50. I do think we have to get out of this ageism that we've gotten into. The only people that can minister to youth are people who were in the youth group last year. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't it? That's, that just doesn't make any sense. Maybe what the youth group needs is someone who's in their 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s. But once you hit 60, the only people you can minister to are other people in your 60s. That's dumb. The ageism that we've gotten into is, is, is sad. It, it's... It makes no sense and we don't see it in the Scripture. What an 18-year-old needs is a a 65-year-old who's been following the Lord with their whole life. That's what they need. May God help us. But notice this song of Mary. And we'll go through the doctrines, the teachings, the wonderful teachings. And Mary said... My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Number one, she knew who her Lord was, and it was the very one in her womb. Number two, she didn't give lip service. She gave her soul and her spirit, and she loved the Lord with all of her, not just her lips, but with all of her. Too many of us, we give lip service, but we give Him nothing of our soul and spirit. And believe me, he knows. He knows. She said, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Number three, she knew who the Savior was. Her Lord and her Savior were the very one in her womb. Mary knew this, didn't she? By the way, when she says Savior, she does not mean that God saved her from being stoned. Joseph could have done that. Mary was saved from the penalty of her sin. Only Jesus could do that. And that's true. Only Jesus can save us from our sin. Verse 48, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And that is true of Mary. It will Very likely there's not a person in this room who's going to be remembered after our grandchildren. We'll, just, we'll be literally a name on a tombstone. Mary's different when it comes to that. No doubt about that. 
But I tell you the truth, the influence of your life can have an impact, even though they might not know your name many generations from now. Right? You live your life for the Lord today. And five generations from now, if the Lord tarries, I don't know if we'll make it five generations, but if we did, five generations from now, your life can still be an influence. You ever wonder about the phrases you say? Some of the things you say and why you say them? I was thinking about this the other day. Some of the things my dad used to say. I say them today. But do you think my dad came up with them? Some of the things we hear and remember, the phrases we we hear and, and become part of our lives, literally become part of our lives. There's something that might have been spoken of back in the 1800s, right? And here's the thing. Your life, even though they won't remember our name a hundred years from now, your life and your words can continue to be making an impact from generation to generation for Christ. And this is what Mary's life was all about. She wasn't a preacher. It was her influence from generation to generation. Believe me, it cannot be that all Mary had to offer the world was birthing a child, the best child, the Godhead, the Son of God. Yes, but was that all she was worth? Could she have died after Jesus was born and it all be the same? No, we hear of Mary right through the ministry of Jesus, don't we? Certainly, God means more of the blessing of of Mary. And she says from generation to generation. Her life from generation to generation. And it has to go beyond the birth of Christ. For For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. Notice what he says. She says, he that is mighty. You know what that means? <coughs> she doesn't say the one who's mightiest. She says the one who's mighty. You know what that means? Everyone else is not mighty. <laughs> right? It's not mighty, the most mighty among many mighty. Or even much mightier than somebody else. He, she literally means There's only one mighty, and that's Jesus, the God of all creation, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but the very one in her womb, the mighty one, right? No ruler in all creation is anything compared to God, right? That's a good doctrine, isn't it? It's not just that God is mighty, but he is the mighty one. No one else is mighty. And that's true. You think about that. He's the one that made the stars. We know what stars are. Every second, the sun goes through millions of nuclear explosions. God is mighty. He made that. His mercy and His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. 
We have a merciful God who's ready to forgive. He has showed His strength with His arm. God is a God who works in this world and He is showing Himself strong in this world even today. And especially today. And always remember that. When things seem to be spiraling out of control, God is strong. He that has showed strength with His arm, He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. The proud want to lift themselves above God. They will all die. And the imagination of their hearts will not come to fruition. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. His imagination is much bigger than any pride, proud person's imagination. He had put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Again, that word mighty. You say, well, aren't they mighty? Look what, they, look what the mighty one does with those who think they're mighty. And that's what that means. They think they're mighty, but what does God do to them? He had put them down from their seats. Every mighty person that's ever existed in the history of the world has been put, taken down off their seat, haven't they? Every single one of them. Whether by death or elections, they've been taken down. He had filled the hungry with good things. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, He will fill. And that's what that means. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. I was praying this morning, Lord, I want a hunger and I want a thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. He'll fill you. What an amazing thing. That our God can fill us as we thirst and hunger for righteousness. And the rich have He sent empty away. Those who think they've got it all together, they have nothing. He had helped His servant, Israel, in remembrance of His mercy. God brought Jesus, born into a Jewish home. And many Jews got saved. God has never forgotten the Jewish people. And today... By the hundreds and thousands, people in Israel are trusting that Jesus truly is their Messiah. Pray for the people of Israel. As He spake unto our fathers and to Abraham, and to His seed forever and ever. And we, there will never be a time, never a time, in this, the history of the world, where Jesus will be nothing. Every generation has had those who say Christianity is just about over. And they're completely and utterly wrong. Oh, Christianity is just about over. Look what's going on. Churches are closing in the West. More churches are closing every year. Less people being Christians than ever before. It's a lie. There are more Christians in Iran today than there were 20 years ago. In Iran. In Iran. They're getting saved in droves. They they believe that there's 10 million underground Christians in Iran. There are 100 million Christians in China. There are people being saved in North Korea. And Chinese Christians are ministering to the North Koreans. Putting their very lives on the line and some of them are dying. There are... Christians in Russia 
And if Christianity seems to be on the decline in America, don't worry. God is still on his throne and people are being saved all over the world. In Africa, in South America, they're being saved all over the world. May God help us to want to be part of that. And there have been people who have been saved in America and are being saved in America because the gospel is true. And his seed will go on forever and ever. Amen. I'd like you to think about Mary today. Think about her. Think about her life. In her life, the most crucial, important thing in her life, the birth of Christ. But certainly that wasn't it, was it? That wasn't all. She went on to live a life for Christ. It was crucial to those dear ladies. Those dear ladies, those young ladies that followed Christ. She was there with them every step of the way. And why? Because she was a handmaid of the Lord. May God help us to be handmaids, servants of our great God. Amen.